Usual, yeah? yeah. Like a fade, a skin fade that uh, ran the sides. Yeah, zero back and sides, trim on top. Yeah, and then just, just to tidy up on top. I, I usually get my hair, hair cut wherever. You know what I mean? Because I've only lived around here two years, like, around this area. And um, I've got an air cut off this fella and he's telling me how he's in the college. And he's like a decent hairdresser. Talking it through and he's going like, is this all right? And I'm thinking, nah, it ain't all right. But he ain't going too, too short. And I'm thinking, you know what? Let me just, like, and my missus is like, Teddy ain't really. And I'm like, shh. And, and then I, I, I come to pay and I just paid it. And, I, and he said, oh, are you sure it's all right? And I said, yeah, yeah, it's all right. Said, rude, yeah, like, I didn't want to be rude because obviously he's telling me in college he's learning that. So I just come straight here after that because it was right near my ass. And then ever since then, I've been using it every couple of weeks. You know what I mean? So it's, as he says, the usual it's easy because he knows what I'm, I, what effort I want. It's been a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, knew of him before he came in here as well. Uh, before he got his haircut and that. Obviously, my brother was uh, boxing as well. He knew Ted and stuff. My brother was in here one day getting his hair cut and he uh, bumped into his head. They just started talking and now uh, it's just from ever since then. It's almost like cutting a friend's hair in a chair rather than a boxer. So in that sense, it's quite cool. It's mad how so many people, not to be rude, are up your ass when you're doing well. And then the next minute when things start going wrong, they're sort of, they're there. They're still there, but they're there to sort of knock you down a few steps, you know what I mean? And they're happy to do it. But I've been able to see that and, and go through that. And when I'm training and stuff, it gives me that extra motivation because I think I can't wait to prove all you wrong and you lot try and be all right. And as much as I'm a sportsman and you should be all right, but I, I can't wait to have that bit of arrogance against them and go, oh yeah, all right, mate. That, that, I don't bother, I don't want to listen to it really. You know what I mean? I'm all right, it's boxing. You, like, you wouldn't want to talk about your work all night, would you, once you finish work? And I'm looking forward to doing that because I'm so motivated. My confidence is back. My my fitness is there. Uh, everything's like we've been working in the gym's coming together, and I'm just I'm just really confident. I'm, I'm going to do the business next week. But the thing is, not the the pace of the way I fight and the way my fights have been is a total different to Scott's. You know what I mean? Look, Scott's a really good fighter. He's done really well beating uh, Anthony Fowler. He ain't been beat, but look, he ain't been in the fights like me. He, he's not fought for a British title. I'm British champion, I've defended it. Um, he, he ain't boxed for a European title against uh, world number two, which I've done, and although I got beat a lot, stuck in there 12 rounds and gritted my teeth. He's gonna be the best version of Scott, best version of me. I've got no um, dislike for Scott or nothing. I, I get on with Scott if, before with obviously boxing, and obviously now, nah, we're rivals at the minute, but I've got no problem with him. And, um, the thing is that it made the best man win, but I, I believe myself that I'm going to be the best man on next Saturday. A lot of people hadn't even turned pro at, at, 20, at 24. Scott Fitzgerald hadn't turned pro, Anthony Fowler hadn't turned pro at 24. I mean, I'm British champion, they want my title. Do you know what I mean? I'm still a baby in, in the sport, so to be honest, um, I've got a long career ahead of me still, but the main, my main, main focus is next week doing the business against Scott. It's a massive fight. Everyone in the boxing fraternity, except for the people who are close to me, who know what, what I've been doing in the gym, have the doubt of me winning because obviously the last few performances. But I know for 100% fact 
I'm ready, do you know what I mean? And that's the main thing, as long as I'm ready, I'm confident, I'm fit, and it's just about doing the business. I never really feel too pressured, but I try to put pressure on myself, because mentally, to because I want to win, you know what I mean? Uh, it don't matter what I do, I've said before, it don't matter. I, I don't let people win in, in anything I do. Like, whether I'm mucking about my little baby, I, I'm going to wind him up or I'm going to not let him get it before me because it's just the winner's mentality. You know, I've got a winner's mentality. I always want to win. When I play, like when I play things like Xbox and FIFA and stuff, I lose. For the next hour, I'll have, I'll have the ump. You know what I mean? I'm, a, I'm a bad loser. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not a good loser. And I'm not afraid to admit it because it's like I want to win. You know what I, mean? I don't want to lose or just take part. There's no point. Otherwise, you might as well not be in the sport. Try for success, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's going to be more of a gentleman fight that we've both trained really hard. We're both going to get in there and try our hardest and the best man wins, you know what I mean? Because the fight sold, like as soon as the fight was announced, it got a great um, sort of talked talk about a lot by a load of people and everyone was hyped up for it. So I don't think it needs any more building up. Um, I think that Ritz and Robert Davis, they've been at each other a bit. So I think that's the fight with a bit of spite between the two fighters. But um, I think me and Scott's fight, I think everyone's intrigued to see if there's any change in me or if, the, if there's any difference and see if it's going to be the same Scott that turns up that box Fowler or if the Scott that box Craig Morris and other fighters like that. You know what I mean? So there was a big change in his, his last performance against Fowler to his other fights in his pro career. So it's whether he's a one-hit one or he's, he's going to be the next big thing. I'm a tough fighter, I'm, 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 game, I'm as game as they come out and I'm, I'm always fit, but this fight I'm extra focused, you know what I mean? For me this is, a bit in myself, the mental pressure I've been put on and it's like a career defining fight, you know what I mean? I've got a lot of sponsors and um, obviously to keep them going you've got to keep winning and stuff and but obviously that, that's my, like boxing is my living so I've got to win to keep fighting, to keep providing for my my baby and providing for my, my family, do you know what I mean? So I need to do it to have the life, I, I need to win to have the life I want to have. And um, that's why I'm planning. And, and that's why I'm planning on doing a bit, doing a business on Saturday. And that's why I've trained so hard and had that extra motivation this, this fight. I want to go all the way. I want to prove that I'm as good as what I am because you can nick a living out of boxing by fighting certain fighters and not doing things. But that's why I've always pushed the best fighters. That's why when I boxed in February, I boxed the European title. I never had an easy defence against someone and got paid well. You know what I mean? I, I took the risk for to try and get that reward. It, it it's all about risk and reward. And I think I could have I could have easily vacated the belt after the Kieran Conway fight and thought, you know what? I need to change stuff. A lot of stuff was going on. Changed um, a lot of thing in, in camp and start again, sort of I mean, start building myself up again, have a couple of easy fights and prove them. But no, I, I knew what I was going wrong. I, I knew I'd start working on things and doing things. And now I'm back in a big fight again and everyone's talking about this fight again. And as much as a lot of people are doubting me in the boxing world, after the fight, when, when I win, it, it's going to all change again. And then 
they were talking about the next big fight, I imagine. You know what I mean? Because they'll know, uh, again, there ain't going to be another easy fight. It'll be another massive fight. Someone like Fowler, someone like Egerton. You know what I mean? It, obviously, I'm not looking past this fight, but that's what everyone knows. When when you, when you Ted Chisholm fighting, it's going to be a good fight. You know what I mean? It ain't, it ain't going to be a bum or a journeyman and, and an easy walkover fight. It's going to be a big, big fight, a good test and an entertaining fight. Obviously, we knew the fight was going to be made sooner or later. So Tony just said, all right, now, start training, start camp, sort of now. Um, but I was ticking over sort of in that then period of time, do you know what I mean? But, but um, since I started, I, was, uh, I think it was the 8th of June, I started back fully in the gym. I've been flat out since then. Gel wax or hairspray, mate? Uh, a little bit of wax and yeah. hairspray. This is your best ever haircut. Andrew McCart, IFL TV and Association with MTK Global. I'm here in Billy Nelson's gym with me. I've got none other than big heavyweight Martin Bacoli. How are you, buddy? How are you? Always good to see you. You've always got a smile on your face, which is yeah, always yeah, good to always, see. Always, always. <laughs> <laughs> always. Uh, talk to me. Um, since you've uh, done a deal with uh, Matchroom and Eddie Hearn, you seem to be busy. You're out again this Saturday night in Newcastle. Just talk to me about how you're feeling. Yeah, yeah I'm okay. Again. I feel okay. I always try work hard in the gym. So be ready all the time. I'm okay, and um, like I told you before, and uh, if I get much on contract, so I'll keep working hard for me to make a big statement up there. So I always work hard. In the heavyweight division, we've seen sort of like it's probably up and coming now. Days the heavyweight division. I mean, again, ten years ago it was quite quiet yeah. with Klitschko taking yeah. over, but now you've got Usyk. You just went at the weekend there. Yeah. Joshua Ruiz, obviously a big headline. Wilder, yourself, everyone. It's like mm. the heavyweight divisions. Thriving again, if I've got like for a better word. Um, how excited are you to be involved in the heavyweight division now? Yeah, it's very exciting because I never get that chance like music. He was close with and come to heavyweight. Me, I start boxing like heavyweight once. So this is my I welcome I welcome music, but still fighting like close with. I have to sit nice in heavyweight because this is not like close with. Mm -hmm. This is heavyweight. We call it heavy. So yeah. every punch here, but. Uh, he has a good win. I guess someone will fight nobody, but his good win is uh, his first time uh, for his first time uh, his fight uh, first <laughs> first debut in heavyweight. So about that. So that's nice, and it's so exciting. 
Would you like to face somebody like Usyk? I mean, he's a small heavyweight, but he's got the skill set. Why, why not? Mm -hmm. Yeah, always. He's a heavyweight. If he was close weight, then I was not going to say <laughs> no, but he's a heavyweight. Now why not to, to face him? Yeah, I'm ready to face anybody. Definitely. Well, yeah. you, you've, you've always said that. Billy's always said that, that you're ready, you'll face anyone. Now, Derek Chisora was due to face uh, Joseph Parker. Now, there was obviously, your name was in the mix. Eddie Hearn mentioned your name when he went through a list of heavyweights. Mm -hmm. How serious was that? Did you get a phone call? Did Eddie speak to you about facing this uh, Chisora? I know, I know, even in my Twitter, everyone wanted to see me fight Chisora. But me, personally, I know that Chisora said, yeah, no. Because I know I spar him. He said no because you no, know, I was going to stop him. And uh, I don't know, I don't think he said no, but he's Chizora. For me, it's Chizora. It's not even his team. He himself is saying no because he knows Martin, Martin, Martin Bacole. He's part me. And we have like a twice. We spar him twice. And you know who's, who's Martin Bacole. That's why he picked twice. He can't. I was telling my coach, I said, Chizora ne never, never say yes. I don't know, but one day maybe I'll, I'll fight him if he like. But if he say no, I'm disappointed about him because this is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Spying is not fight. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. spying is spying. Spying, I'm, I'm not show you everything. I can spar like just for spying and fitness, but fight is something else, you know. So the question is then, Martin, when are we going to see you in with one of the big names? Have you got a big, you know, I might be, obviously, I know what it's like with the boxing world, like, you might be given a name, but you can't say anything to the media, but yeah. is, there a, is there going to be a time when you're going to face somebody with a, a credible record, a name that will Why boost not? you up the rankings? Why not? Much room is having all that big names there mm -hmm. up there. And why not? Because I supposed to fight uh, someone who's in top 10, but... Uh, the fight is supposed to be on 12th, the same uh, card with music in the, in the USA. But I don't think, I don't know what the guy say. Maybe say he's not ready. Then Hedy put me in, uh, in the show in Monaco with the same guy. Mm -hmm. And he told me to keep me you know, fit. Mm -hmm. Then he gave me this fight, eight round, for keeping me fit. And I have big fight after this one. This one is just to keep me fit and uh, keep sharp and keep my mind off because I can't stay for two months, three mm -hmm. months without fighting, yeah. And I'm ready. And uh, I will mention a big name that the next fight is going to be for, I think, WB or something like that. And after that fight, then I can face the big name now. You got a smile on your face when you yeah, mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> well, you're yeah. fighting now in Newcastle on Saturday night. Have you... I mean, I've been to Newcastle twice with yeah. a Lewis Ritson fight now. They are no, me. crazy fans. Crazy, wow. crazy, crazy fans. Uh, they know the boxing, they're loud. Mm -hmm. they're, are you looking forward to putting on a show for these Geordies? Of course I'm looking forward. I like it. I, I love to fight someplace like that because uh, that, that will remember, remember me, remind me in Polish mm -hmm. when I was uh, fighting Marish work. So fun, very funny fan. What they call the shout when they shout his name, I was thinking maybe they shout about they're calling my name. <laughs> Marius work. I, mean, I was thinking, oh, they are so they are calling Martin McCall. So <laughs> that would give me very mood to to be to be okay in the ring. So I stop him. Uh, sorry, sorry, the fans. So this boxing. <laughs> yeah, but it's not, I like I love place like that. So it's going if it's going to be like that. So that is going to be a good, a very good for me. Definitely. Well, obviously I've always get your opinion uh, it's not long now before we see Joshua versus Ruiz too mm -hmm. I mean we all know you think Joshua's going to pull it off yeah uh, just again 
why do you think Josh is going to pull it off this time? I mean, we saw how good Ruiz was the, uh, the first fight, but what's, it, what's going to be the difference now going into the second fight? Yeah, I think it's going to be a big difference because he knows why he lost. Mm-hmm. He know where he make mistakes, and then he's going to fix that. Because when he, were, he lost, he was not coaching the ring who lost. He's the one who lost, and he know reason why he lost. And I think he's having a lot of time. He's having full time for sparring and doing things and fix all the mistakes that he made for the last fight. And I think he will, he will do the better and will done business in a, in a way where he's going to be in Habi Saudi, something like that. Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. So I think he will, go, he, will, he will do well. And I wish him good luck. Definitely. You mentioned you, you, you might be fighting for some WBO title. Now, if Joshua all going well for him in December, mm-hmm. you go down that WBO route. Would you would you face Joshua? I mean, you are you're very good friends, so it's probably one of, of the most. Of course, we friends, but not in boxing. Boxing is business. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, like I always say, there was friend. There was yeah, it was uh, like a Krishko uh, sparring partner. Mm-hmm. But if I is Krishko, you know, when even press conference, there was laughing and holding each other. Mm-hmm. So business is business. After boxing, we argue again and we be friend again. Why not? Because if maybe let me say if. We, he win the fight and he has all, all the title and uh, I, I win the fight that I'm I'm, uh, I'm going to fight maybe I'm uh, maybe number one mm-hmm. challenger for WBO and he's got that so what am I going to do I'm going to say yes no because he's my friend no we have we have friend so but when it's coming Joshua, down big loads of money when you fight oh, Joshua <laughs> yeah not only about money me I'm dreaming about to be big and be all champion mm-hmm. twice or three, three times all champion Money is coming. When you keep winning, even Joshua, one day I was, I was not thinking that he was fighting for money. If you keep winning, then the money is following you. Mm-hmm. The money is coming after. So yes, that right. is my dream. My dream is to get, get in the ring, win the fight. Keep winning, keep winning, then I'm going up and be a world champion. Even today, uh, the American boy was surprised. He said, oh, I was jumping in the ring. So <laughs> it, his dream come true. Yeah. yeah. Today he's talking about million. Yeah. You know, yeah. Work hard, fast in the gym. And keep winning, then the money's coming after. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, being that you you're African, would you like that fight? Would, what's it going to take for a heavyweight world title fight to be in Africa? Would that, is that another dream of yours? Of course. Joshua not? versus Bukoli in is Africa. Is Africa, and I'm African. Oh, that's going to be a good, <laughs> very good, like Mohamed Ali format. And I hope maybe must be at home, or in Nigeria, or in Congo. Not somewhere else, but just just two countries, Nigeria, Nigeria or, or Congo. Congo. Yeah, good stuff. Well, yeah, if yeah. Anthony Joshua's good luck, good oh, luck yeah, in December. Good, yeah, good luck December and good luck to myself for that video. So we best friend, we good friend. But when it comes into business, it's business, you know. Yeah, definitely. Bob. final question: You're fighting in Newcastle. What can the Newcastle fans expect from you on Saturday? Yo, yo, yo. Firstly, I want to thank them all people that the buy tickets for come and watch me. Some love people send me message in Twitter, but I can't reply. They said, oh, had bought ticket to come and support me. So thank you guys. Come down here and you will not be disappointed. I'm going. I always keep my, my wake up. Always keep winning, winning. And I think maybe next year I'll fight for the old title or something big there. I'll fight, I fight big name maybe in Newcastle again. I don't know where it's going to be because Ed is having big show everywhere. So. Uh, just thank them for, for everyone who buy a ticket and uh, some they are waiting to watch on TV so I'll make them feel good and make them to enjoy boxing 
and uh, remember, keep remember me, you know. Remember the name. Yeah, Mark the name Mark 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, man. Yeah. As always, thank you so much for doing this Fight Film TV, thank and uh, I'll see you Thursday down in Newcastle for the press of conference. Course, Thanks very much, man. Yeah. This is Ryan Elliott for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. I'm in Hartlepool. Very glad to be joined by Lewis Ritson ahead of his fight Saturday night. Lewis, thanks for joining us. How are you, mate? No problem, yes. Absolutely spot on. Uh, you've made the time to come come in uh, the Funnels Ranch, as we like to call it. And here we are, so happy days. One place to start, Lewis. Uh, you got yourself a fight Saturday night. The last time you and I were here, uh, the, the prospect of a Robbie Davis fight was brought up. You said to me, quite respectfully, no trash talk, I just don't think the Robbie Davis fight is going to happen. For whatever reason that was, all of a sudden, this Saturday, a bill labelled bad blood. We've seen the altercations. In your own words, what the hell happened? Well, I think we were just talking about before, you know, this interview come out and Robbie come on the social and we were talking about just then, I haven't ducked any fight, I've not knocked it back. And then it's come out that he had... Not saying that he had ducked the fight, just the time wasn't ready for me. He was saying the two dates that we had been off, I wouldn't, he had knocked back. So that all sort of come out, and I think it's all sort of stemmed stem from there, which is a bit of fun and game to us. But I think he took it a little bit personal and uh, spat his dummy out. Were you surprised that he took the fight in the end? You seemed pretty certain to me that it wouldn't be happening when you and I spoke, and then we saw the altercations backstage that the fans sort of loved, and it just grew from there. But were you surprised this fight is actually happening? Well, at first I was because we had got offered a certain amount of money before we fought and then I put the fight him and, uh, and then obviously in the interview after his fight he sort of was didn't seem as though he was not too keen to fight but just didn't want the fight, you know, he was looking at bigger bigger things and, uh, you know, it's, that little spot's got you know, good money and really for the money that he got offered to fight me, you, you can't really knock back so he's getting himself a good person, we're getting the fight that we want. Not to sound who he said, she said, so to speak, but who started? Because we saw it backstage. Um, it, it just sort of seemingly came out of nowhere, this bad blood, so to speak. Where, where do you think yeah. that it actually stemmed from? I, I couldn't, you know, how it is. Like, who, who knows? I, I say I'm, stu I'm, I'm struggling to give you an answer, but, uh, you know, you come on the mic after, because the, the clip of the video hadn't come out yet. He come out after the fight saying he couldn't look at his, he hasn't done this, he hasn't done that. And then obviously the clip come out and you could see we're both staring face with each other, giving each other, let's get it on sort of thing. So I think he looks made himself look like a bit of a mug really. Uh, and then obviously the fight dates and this and that. But I'm you know, I'm just glad we're getting it on and we can finally see on Saturday who's gonna be who's gonna be the winner and move on to that that world title that any hearing says that the, the fight's gonna be for. Now, Lewis, I just wanted to talk to you about your training setup. We're out here in Hartlepool, as you mentioned. Neil Fannin's got you up. Great little place to be. You've got the beach there in the middle of nowhere. Clear mind. You've made that change in the last sort of 12 months where you're not going back and forward from Hartlepool. You're not going back from your dad. And then over here, Neil Fannin, you're here with Neil full-time, fully focused, away from any distractions. How's that transition been for you? Have you felt the benefit of just, of just being away all the time and, and, and training here with Neil? Yeah, I think we saw. I think we saw that last fight. The sort of style Neil's trying to put on us. You know, we all know I can, I can punch a little bit, and it was you don't always need to show that all the time. We know we can box a little bit, and uh, 
that's what we showed in the last fight. And I think we'll, we'll, you're going to see a little bit more of it in this fight. And I think, you know, Robbie's just expecting to come forward fighting to me to take shots and him, him to land them. And I think he's going to be in for a bit of a shock. Now, Neil's obviously a very well-respected figure in boxing in the northeast. I'm sure he's came up for a game plan that you're both happy with and both feel will be enough to get past Robbie Davis Jr. With that said, with that crowd in there, that 9,000 making all the noise, we've seen you get involved before and, and go in and sort of game plan out the window, have a tear-up. How important is it and how much emphasis has Neil put on sticking to the game plan, staying disciplined and not getting emotional in a big fight in front of that crowd? Yeah, I think we saw that with a Patera fight. That's, you know, trying to get involved with her. Well, I was dead. I'm not going to make excuses anyway. So anyway, but, uh, the, the Patera fight, we've seen that. I tried that the first five or six rounds and then had... Uh, you know, nothing left really. And um, so Neil doesn't need to tell me to keep the game plan this time and sort of stick to what I need to do. You know, I've done it last time for a 9,000 and 9,000 seniors get beat. So that's a feel that I don't want to don't happen again. And we're ready to go. Look, I, I trust Neil 100%. I know he trusts me. So, and uh, that's why I'm down here for, you know, last before I did move down here, Neil wanted, you know, he's not mine to tell you, he, he rang up saying, look, I'm I'm out, you know. You're running the show, not me. You want to, if you want me to train, you yeah, I need to run the show. And uh, my dad sat down with us and said, "Look, you have to go down there full time." And like I say, we're rooting the rewards now, and, and uh, the last performance showed, and we're going to show it in this one. Without, I don't, I'm not going to ask you what comes if you win this fight because obviously this is a huge fight that I'm sure you want to be 100% on. You said it yourself there, there's a potential dangling carrot there of maybe even a world title shot for the winner. We've been here before, going into the Patera fight, Eddie Hearn was talking about St James's Park and Lewis could be X amount of fights away from a big fight or a world title fight. Obviously that didn't go your way. Now, you've had that experience of coming back from that and you've, you've dealt with that situation before. Does, does that help your mentality, having that experience and knowing that you've got to focus on the job in hand and just not think about what could be? Oh, massively, you know, last time it got to my head, the pressure massively, you know, and uh, I was thinking, I'm going to hit Patera, like I hit these, knock them out, and I'm going on to a world title, I'm going to be a team, James's Park, and it sadly didn't work out with that. And, you know, like I said in the last interview, yeah, you know, Got the hotel room, had a little bit of a cry. First time I've cried in 20 years, just say, and uh, just gutted really. And that's a feeling that I don't want to, don't want to happen again. And it's a feeling I want to make sure it doesn't happen again. Well, since that, you've obviously come back and notched up a couple of wins. You, you mentioned last time you start to see Neil's influence and Neil's style. Sort of going into this one, like in a way, this huge domestic fight you've rebuilt, you've got this this big opportunity now. When you think back to, say, the Barrett fight, where you know many were considering it an opportunity for you to break out, which you eventually did get, but you had so much going on going into that fight. It was a fight, and you're, by your own, own admission, you said you didn't think you were going to win. You've came so far from that to be here headlining on Sky Sports. Have you thought about that at all? Has that sunk in? And does it give you a lift knowing how far you've come from that, that difficult time to now? Well, you know... When I was back last week, and me and my dad were talking about, it, I think this would be my ninth or tenth fight on Sky now. You know, and it's like when when we first started off, you know, we were just oh, we're fighting Barrett on Sky, we've won all, we've got another fight on Sky, we've said we're watching them all, let's keep it going, let's keep it going, and we've never actually sat down and thought about it. You know, like we just it's went that fast. We've never really had time to sit down and go, bloody hell, I've had nine fights on Sky now. You know, like I'm a veteran, <laughs> but. Uh, so no, we haven't really. I don't like. I'm not, I'm not that type of person. I'm dead laid back anyway. So it's never really come to us. And I've been a bit like, oh, I've won this British title and three defences in record time. Look at all you, blah 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 blah. I'm not that type of sort of person. So it goes in the head, goes straight out. And 
just, you know, like the fans say, you just got to focus on the next fight all the time, and then that's what we're doing. Big test at Super Lightweight for you on Saturday night. Uh, when we spoke last time, I asked you if you're difficult, you've making lightweight before you moved up, and you told me it just wasn't physically possible anymore. How are you feeling at Super Lightweight now? You've had a lot of time to settle into weight, get used to making that particular weight. Do you feel much stronger, much better there? Oh, yeah, much. I mean, look, it doesn't matter, as I was saying, it doesn't matter what weight you fight, it, it's always going to be a struggle to make, you know, 10 stone. It's not like I just turn up on the day, oh, look, I'm, I'm 10 stone, here I am. You know, still struggle to make 10 stone, but I make it a lot more healthier and a lot better than what I do, nine stone, nine stone, nine lightweight. So, you know, I think if any person says they jump on that scales on the weigh day, feeling fresh and strong, I think they're, they're a liar. Or if they do, it's not your weight class, move the weight below and air. You know, we'll, we're going to we're gonna weigh in a lot better than what we did, nine stone, nine, but we're not going to be jumping out with skin. That'll be the next day on the fight night and air. That's all we're just looking forward to. That's that's the main goal win Saturday and uh, win win looking good. Let's talk about Robbie. What is it you expect from him? What does he bring to the party Saturday night? Strengths, weaknesses, what are you weary of and what could you maybe exploit? Do you know what it is? You know, we're on about game plans, but me and Neil I, I you know, I don't think we've watched any Robbie fights to be fair. I put one on a match room the other day saying, Oh, I've watched him get beaten, I watched him on his bar was a bit bit funny games really and I was just saying that because I knew he would have ended up watching it. I've never watched any. I was there for the Joe Hughes fight, and I did truthfully think Joe Hughes win. And I was sitting about nine matchroom fighters. I all fought the same. You know, I'm not going to name them, but you know. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm up, everyone's got different styles and different game plans. So we're just going to bring with a with a game, and uh, it, hopefully it's going to be enough on the on the night. I mean, I'm, no, I know Robbie's a good fighter. He can do with everything. He can box. He can fight. You can well. He spoils. He's a good spoiler. That's one thing that we're when we're in close. Make sure I work because watch the Glen Foot fight and he was grabbing grabbing on like a snake. I need so it's like you know there's certain things from different fights that we're picking in in air. We've just got to make sure my performance is complete and we'll get that win. Promise I'm not being biased here, given I'm from the northeast. <laughs> I just wanted to speak about the atmosphere Saturday night. It is always a special crowd up here. There's going to be, we, we think, about 9,000 in there. The atmosphere will be electric. Most people, I'd imagine, will be cheering for Lewis Ritson. How, how does that affect you? Does that give you that extra lift, knowing that all these people are behind you and sort of want you to get over the line? Yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, it's how a little, how a little, like how a city's got behind, like a, a lad from a little village like Forest Souls. Unbelievable. And I'll, I'll always have that. And, like, you know, the last two times being there, the only times that, you know, the goosebumps get in the arms when you have the tune tune chant come on and, you know, I think we've sell just under 2,000 tickets for this. So, like, you know, we could still have sell a bundle more because people are asking for tickets today, loads of messages. Obviously, there's no more to give them. And uh, it'll be nice just to know when, you, when you're there, that what you're there to watch you. And, uh, you know, like, like I said in the last interview, for however long it lasts, we're the main man in the North East at the minute. You know, and we've got to, do, we've got to keep that going and keep winning. And uh, if we want matchroom shows to keep coming, then the North East lads want to be crossing the fingers and toes that are that I keep winning fights and Eddie Hearn keeps bringing them up. One person I wanted to ask you about before we move on to other things was your stable mate Tommy Ward. Had his frustrations getting the, the big fight he wants. He had that win over in the States last year. I think he's been out three or four times, three times I think this year, just sort of waiting his turn. Do you feel he's ready for that world title shot going into next year? It's a tough mix at Super Bantam. Do you think he's ready for that? those sort of guys? A very tough mix, but you know, like... I've seen him spot Josh Warrington. I've seen I've seen him spot everybody, and you know I, what what I see in Spawn. I think he can definitely win. I know Spawn's completely different to fighting, but if he can take 
eighty percent of what he does in them spars and in the fights, and then he's gonna he he'll win a world title definitely hundred percent. And we're all confident of that he's confident that you, if you ask him what he's gonna do, he thinks he's gonna be a multi-weight world champion. And I, I, well, everyone in the gym believes he can, and uh, I think he will. Another fight I wanted to get your thoughts on. Um, I think it's actually realistic now to say that the winner of your fight Saturday could be facing winner or loser of the World Boxing Super Series winner. Um, we see Josh Taylor next weekend against Regis Progre, unified uh, Super Lightweight Championship, Ali Trophy, Ring Magazine belt, the whole works down in London. Last time you told me Josh Taylor by a country mile wins it for me. Anything change your opinion? No, nothing's changed at all. I've, I've said it many times. I think Josh Taylor is the, the number one hundred and forty pound in the world, uh, and I think he's going to win. I think it's a week after me, isn't it? So I think he's going to win that. And uh, I know the main Robbie's fight's meant to be a WA world title eliminator. That fight's got the world title, the WA title on the line. So Josh Taylor wins, and Eddie Hernoff has a well fight, and he wants to make sure he's offering a lot of money to fight Josh. <laughs> so uh, you never know. But fully focused on the Robbie fight, and. Uh, I think Josh will get. I think Josh will get through that and put on a good performance. I know you won't want to do ifs, whens, and maybes given the fight ahead. That said, is that a fight you would take down the line if, if the stars aligned, so to speak? And as you said, Eddie offered the right money. <laughs> Eddie offered well, a lot of money. I'd take. I think you know when you get offered a lot of money, you know you only get them take the fights offered once in a lifetime. And uh, you know if I win my fight and he wins his, then of course I would want to challenge the best in the world because that's where he'd be at that weight. So, but Eddie wants to. Uh, Get the change out of the pocket and, <laughs> and give us a good amount of it to take that to take that fight. Think you can lure him to St James's Park? Maybe fill the place for one time this season. Yeah, yeah, you never know. I, I think I think it's a real possibility. You know, especially with the way the last two shows have went, you know, sold out and people dying for more tickets on the day and during the week of the fight. So, you know, if we could take that and times it by three or four to St James's Park, then I think it'd be hard for it any home fight or opposite, like an opposite fight to, to knock that back and it would be class. Now Lewis, I'm not going to keep you for too much longer. I'll leave the final word with you. Saturday night live on Sky Sports, yourself and Robbie Davis Jr. Tell me what we see. An exciting fight, good explosive, hopefully a good explosive performance from me uh, in, a, in a written win in a, a two-and-two Black Ride Army chant getting sang round like mad. Lewis, pleasure as always. Thank you very much for speaking to Boxing Social. Alexander, congratulations. Thank you. It took a while for you to make your heavyweight debut, but you finally did. How did you feel about your performance? Listen, guys, thank you so much, everybody, people. Listen, listen. Today, Thursday, my manager, Agis Primus, please. Applaudissements! Happy birthday! I'm feel, I'm very feel, I'm very happy, you know. Was was this the performance you were looking for in your heavyweight debut? Я очень этого ждал. Были проблемы в том, что поменялся оппонент. Я чуть-чуть, я об этом может быть не говорил и не показывал, но я чуть-чуть как бы в голове у себя так понервничал. Но тем не менее я собрался, помолился и сказал Боженьке. Помоги, пожалуйста, и он мне помог, слава Богу. 
I was waiting for this moment. Uh, we had some little difficulties because we have to change opponent. Uh, I didn't show to nobody. I had some back thoughts into my head, but then I just uh, pray a little bit. I asked him, please help me, and looks like he helped me. Thank you. Did you feel any different in the ring as a heavyweight than you did as a cruiserweight? Ты почувствовал какую-то разницу между крузерует и хевивейт? Ну, есть чуть-чуть, но я боксировал в суперах, так что есть, конечно. Uh, yes, there is a little bit of difference because, but I used to fight as a heavyweight, but yeah, it is some different. You were coming off the longest layoff of your professional career. It looked like a couple of times during the fight you could have finished it a little bit earlier. Did you want to go some rounds in this fight? У тебя был самый большой простой в твоей карьере, и выглядело, что как бы до того ты мог бы закончить его маленько раньше, но это было как бы у тебя замысленно, что ты хочешь раунда, несколько раундов пройти. Нам надо было боксировать. Задача от тренера была боксировать, и когда придет шанс, момент, тогда его надо использовать, но не на хрно, не не по наглому. I did, I did what my trainer told me to do. Uh, I just followed the orders. Uh, we had the plan, and it was like, the plan was to box, and I did box, and if it's going to be opportunity, use that opportunity. Does a fight like this make you feel like you're ready for an Anthony Joshua, an Andy Ruiz, a Deontay Wilder type sometime early next year? <laughs> Is a fight like this tells you like the next one you wanted to fight and uh, Anthony Joshua Reese Wilder. I can heard me say that. Sorry. Этот бой, этот бой как бы доказывает тебе, что ты можешь боксировать с Anthony Joshua Ruiz, Anthony Ruiz Wilder, Tyson Fury. Не знаю, я просто с ними могу боксировать и все. Я не знаю, доказывает он или нет. Я просто с ними могу боксировать. If you're gonna give it to me, of course I'm gonna take it. You've been a road warrior for most of your last few fights. Latvia, Russia, the UK. You're here in Chicago in front of a very pro Usyk crowd. How did it feel fighting in front of fans that were cheering for you? Ты постоянно, ты постоянно боксировал по дороге. Латвия, Германия, Англия, Москва. Как тебе чувствуется сейчас боксировать, где народ за тебя болеет? Я люблю этих всех людей и благодарю их и и боксирую для каждого. I love all these people and I'm fighting for them. Congratulations, congratulations, Alexander. Thank you so much.
Lawrence, thanks so much for having us down for what is your, your last big cheat meal mm -hmm. of training camp. Some lovely, lovely smells coming off this staircase yes, here. Yes, yes. Tell us about what you've gone for. Um, I'll start off with the casual stuff. We've got some fried plantain, um, jollof rice, puff puff, and we've got my favourite, which is pounder jam and a goosey stew. So um, that's where the real power comes from. The yam, really strong, hard food. Um, when you mix with the goosey, it just creates that you know what I mean? Power, energy. It puts you to sleep, but then after you wake back up, the power's there. I'm looking forward to that. Um, <laughs> so what's the order? How do we go about tackling um, this? It depends, you know what I mean? I feel like you should dive in the deep end, get your hands dirty. Um, as we, you know what I mean? We, we, we get into the nitty gritty of the mind. You might as well get nitty gritty with the food as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. Okay. Yeah. What's first then? How do we do right, this? Cool. So uh, I'll serve you out some. Get serving, you eat, you eat meat, right? So yeah, yeah. You're right here. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Cool. And you what? Tough stuff. And then uh, you just like literally get your hands in there. Just grab some of that. Just tear yeah, it off. Tear it off and dip it in. I'll be doing the exact same. Okay. Oh god, yo. You're actually the bravest interview I've ever had in my life. Just come say whatever food you want. I'm in. I love it. And then you just dip it in like that. And get stuck in. This would be good for like sweating, sweating weight off though. Yeah, right? definitely. You I can, can get feel a, that. You can get a good sweat on eating and stuff, definitely. So we're in Hackney here, which is where where you've born and raised. Yeah. Which is an area that a lot of people might think they know a lot about mm. with the new series of, of Top Boy coming <laughs> out very recently. If you were to be one character in that show, who would you be? Um who would I be? I always have to think of myself as a boss. Um, so, nah, I can't care, I don't know, I don't know. I would say Ashley Waters, just because he's the top boy. Um, mm. So yeah, I'm gonna stick with that one. He's Ashley. a wrong one though, isn't he? Yeah, so, but I mean, if you're gonna ask me to be someone in it, <laughs> that's who I'd be. If I was gonna be a wrong one, right? you might as well be the top right now, <laughs> do you know what I mean? In the next season, if they were to come to you and say, Lawrence, we want you to, to act, in season four of Top Boy, what sort of a role would you want to play? Um, to be honest, I'm quite disappointed that they haven't put me into this recent season. Um, I'm going to be making a personal complaint to Ashley Waters himself, um, Drake, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to. I'm going to express my dis dissatisfaction with that. If they ask me to go in now, definitely, I think I'd be good muscle because obviously I'm big and strong. Mm -hmm. um, probably play some sort of maybe bodyguard or like. A rival, a rival gang who you can't like, oh, you want to be careful of him, he's crazy. I like that kind of role. <laughs> the crazy guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I like that. A bit like Derek Chisora. The story goes with you getting into boxing, that yeah. you were working in McDonald's and you saw Anthony Joshua win gold yeah. in London mm -hmm. and you thought, this, this, this sport is for me. If you were to look up at that moment and see someone else winning another sport, another event in the Olympics. Is there any other event that you could look at and be like, you know what, I can do that? Um, <laughs> um, I, I like to think I could do it, but could I actually have done it? No, I mean, I like um, Usain Bolt in the Olympics with the sprinting. Um, he's obviously like 6'4", athletic guy, so I could have, oh, maybe I could, but then, um, I wasn't that fast at running. I still am not that fast. You know that's I mean? going to hold you back. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, that's going to hold you back in a 10-second sprint. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you said before you turned professional. Yeah. 
Anthony gave you a piece of advice that was to follow your heart and to sort of trust your instincts yeah. when it came to turning professional. Mm -hmm. What's the best piece of advice you've given somebody? Um, that I've given somebody? Gosh, it's a great, great question. Um, she doesn't love you, move on. That's one. Um, but if you're talking about sporting... No, 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 it doesn't mean sporting. Oh, OK. Well, yeah, that's probably it. You know what she I mean? doesn't love you. How many times have you said that one? Uh, every time someone has a breakup, you know what I mean? You just have to remind them that there's more to life. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, I got that advice given to me, so I have to dish it out where I can. Do you know what I mean? What meat is this? Mm, I'm not sure which one that is. I don't admit anymore, but it's an ass. Just mystery meat, huh? I admit, that's this real. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a Russian roulette. Can you remember your first street fight? Yeah, of course. Uh, it's my first one, wow. Very first one. Uh, probably in, my, in the school playground, definitely. Like, I never used to like having fights, and after I had the first one, I just, I just, I would, I would always kind of look for it. Not look for it, but as soon as opportunity arose where this could be a fight, I would literally jump at the opportunity. I, I think I was watching Dragon Ball Z at the time, and I watched some of the moves that they were doing in the, in, 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 on it. And I thought I'd try it out in, a, in my next fight, and they, and they paid off. Really? They really, really paid off. <laughs> OK, who's somebody in boxing that you thought you wouldn't like, but when you met them, you really liked them? I didn't think I would like, and then I did like them. Um, I think Derek Chisora. Derek Chisora, definitely. I thought me and him would probably clash when we met, but then when we did meet, it was quite cool. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Crazy, recognised crazy. No joke, and I like, I like him, though. In the dressing room, yeah. before you're going out and you're nervous and there's tension in the room, yeah. what's the worst thing somebody said to you? How do you moment? feel? How do you feel? Yeah, because then you have to explore that emotion until I snap out of it. How do I feel? I'm actually quite scared. I'm actually quite... No, you don't want to hear that. Just, uh, just do your thing. Do you know what I mean? So that's probably one of the worst things. How do you feel? Um, you better not lose. Actually, no one said that to me in the changing room, but I've heard that before my fights. Stuff like that. That stuff's kind of like as unnecessary pressure. Um, for more times, people in the changing room have been there before, so they know kind of how to approach it. Do you have a little bit more of this? Yeah, yeah. Could sure. do some rice, I think. Just starting to get some hits. Yeah. Yeah, just caught them in the back of the throat. Oh, that last yeah, bit. <laughs> okay, no, you did, you did well. You did very, very well. When's the last time you full-on fanboyed someone? That's a great question. When's the last time? In boxing? I can't remember, you know. I mean, I definitely did it with Eddie Hum initially. Um, oh, my God, there's Eddie. Do you reckon he's going to sign me one day? Blah, 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 this, that, and other. Um, definitely AJ. That was an interesting one as well, because I was a massive fan of his. There was a time I saw him out. He was out at some party. And, um, like, we were all waiting to get in, and then they closed off. No one else was getting in. And he was outside, and obviously I knew who he was, um, and I asked him for a picture, and then they still let him in, even though it was shut, and, you know, I never you went in that you day. Went home. Yeah, yeah, I went home. What's the most nervous you've been before a fight? My most nervous was definitely um, against a guy called Blaze Mendel, Mendel at York Hall. Right. And that one is because, like, Obviously, I try not to have sex and stuff before fights. Like, I don't drink alcohol, I don't this, that, and other. And then, um, for some reason, oh, so I'd gone like weeks, been good. Then on the day before the fight, I slipped up, should you just say. And then 
I remember thinking to myself, like, for some reason, I just lost all, like, the desire. Like, I was really pumped, like, yeah, I'm ready to fight. And after um, I slipped up, I was just like, you know what, life's good, you know what? Win, lose, or draw, I'll be happy. Then, then, I, then I remember feeling nervous, thinking, right, why am I not having that same, like, honey killer incident? But then I still got out and got the W. So then after that, I said, I'm not doing this to myself again. You stuck to that? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Right, what have we got here? Puff puff. What's a puff puff? Uh, it's like a pastry. How does it taste? Nice. Is it sweet? It's very sweet. Yeah, yeah Quite yeah, plain, yeah. which at so the it's moment just, it's just really a, grateful for. Yeah, literally, it just adds a little bit of a layer and helps with the spice as well. Find it really helpful. <laughs> so, what's the, the strangest request or message you've got from a fan mm. online? Probably that. When you send me a picture of your feet after your fight, um, that's that was a weird one. Other various stuff. There's mainly that I don't know. I get weird like sort of sexual sexual requests, but that's okay. Um, just keep it keep it pushing. But people ask me for like gloves and sign stuff, so that stuff's normal. Have you ever sent someone a picture of your feet? I don't want to uh, confirm or deny anything. Um, anything is possible. Have you ever called someone out online and then the next day? Maybe woken up and thought, ah, wish I hadn't done that. Um, probably um, when um, I did it with Dylan White. That one there, it was like I was in Morocco in training camp, and I was just listening. I, like obviously, a lot of the time, like people say stuff about me, but I, it's okay, no problem. But um, for some reason that day, he just said something that just really got to me, and I was just like, you know what? I think I'd beat him, and I put it out there, and then like. I, it was just pandemonium. I didn't. I, I, it was pandemonium. I didn't know what I was expecting, but still, that one was one where I was just like, oh, maybe I should have just sent them a direct message or something <laughs> like that, as opposed to putting it out there. But you know, it's always fair and love and war in it. Should have some more, get some more spice in here. Yes, yes. See if you can finish me off. Which one? Okay. Here you go. Yeah, you've enjoyed. Oh my goodness. Okay, that's cowfoot, definitely. Cowfoot. Yeah, I don't know what this one is. How does having a fight? in the autumn affect what you would have wanted to do in your personal life in summer? Um, no, I had a good summer still. I had a good summer. Yeah? Um, what was the highlight? <laughs> Listen, man. So yeah, no, I had a good summer, but it's more so like how it affects this time. Um, it's a weird one, man. I just find it's so. I just find boxing so weird because I'm a, like, I like to. I'm a normal person and stuff. Like I go through a lot of stuff just like on a normal like, normal. Do you get where I'm coming from? Mm -hmm. And um, being a boxer kind of affects it. Like so, for example, going through like a breakup and stuff like that. It's like it can. I, I don't realize how much it could affect you in terms of boxing. So it's like, um, are people, like, bro, you're, you're on TV. Girls like, but it does affect you. So it's just like. I don't know why, how I link that into each other, but I just, I just find it funny. Like, it's just um, it's interesting. Then it doesn't affect my thing, but it affects that, like, for example, I have to be by myself in camp for like, or with other boxers for five days a week and so on and so forth. And just like, you push your body so hard that you become a bit more like mentally vulnerable, I think, because you're so tired. It's just, oh, you can't distract yourself with like activities. You just have to sit there and kind of recover and meditate and all that kind of stuff. So it's an interesting one. You know when you're talking about breakup there? Mm. Do you know what advice I was going to give you? Go on. 
she's not into you, move on. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, I need, to, I need to sort of remind myself, you're right, you're right, you're right. That's big stuff. Lawrence Acoli, thanks for Thank sharing you. Thank you. your last meal with us. Sweet, I'm with it. This is my review of Alexander Usek's belated heavyweight debut against last-minute replacement Chaz Witherspoon. Now, there are a lot of people off the back of this performance who are writing Usek's chances off against the top heavyweights already. Just based on one performance. I'm not going to address those Usek skeptics in this particular video, and I'm also not going to reveal whether or not my view on how Usek would do against the top heavyweights has changed based upon this performance. I've instead addressed it in a separate video and you can watch that video by clicking the link which I've left in the description box below. All right, so if you wanna hear me address or respond to the Usek skeptics and also reveal whether my uh, opinion has changed on how Usek does against the big boys, watch that video, which I've linked in the description below. Because in this video, I'll just be focusing on this fight. Usek versus Witherspoon. What I liked, what I didn't like, what I thought he did well, and what I thought he did not so well. All right, so Witherspoon comes in as a last-minute replacement. It was supposed to be Tyrone Spong. You know, we'll avoid talking about that for this video, maybe address it in a different video, but it ended up being Chaz Witherspoon. He weighed in at a career heaviest 242 pounds, I think it was. Chaz Witherspoon is normally in the mid 230s, so although he was heavier than he's ever been before, he wasn't massively heavier, which might suggest that he has been in some kind of training, okay? Now, Chaz Witherspoon was apparently a good amateur, but as a professional, he's done absolutely nothing. Chaz Witherspoon is not a good professional heavyweight. Um, for the first couple rounds, Usek was circumspect. He was conservative with his punch output. He wasn't moving his feet as often or as fluidly as we're accustomed to seeing him. He was just having a look at Witherspoon. I think Usek was a little nervous. And in fact, he alluded to this in a couple post-fight interviews where he said that he had some, let's just say, demons in his mind going into this fight. To me, he did look a little nervous. It's interesting to speculate why that was. Surely he can't have been nervous of Chaz Witherspoon. Surely he can't have been nervous of facing a late replacement opponent because he fought guys in the amateurs in the World Series of Boxing. I mean, he had hundreds of amateur fights. And very often in the amateurs, you won't know who you're going to fight until the day of the fight. And he's fought much better fighters in the amateurs in the World Series of Boxing and at Cruiserweight as a professional than Chaz Witherspoon. So what was he concerned about? What was he nervous about? Perhaps it was the layoff and the ring rust because he had been out the ring for a year. Maybe he was worried about where he would be at after the layoff. Maybe it was this torn bicep or this bicep injury that some people say Usek has had and he's been rehabilitating himself from. Maybe it was a combination of different things, which led to Usek feeling a little uneasy going into this fight. But to me, he looked a little nervous. And when you've got a fighter who is ex as experienced as Usek, 
who suspects that they might be ring rusty, they tend to start cautiously to just try and see not only what the opponent is like, but where they're at themselves, you know? So that's what I saw in the first couple rounds is a ring rusty, circumspect Usek, just trying to find out the lay of the land, get his range, get his timing, get his distance, you know, see what Chaz Witherspoon was about. And once he started feeling comfortable, and I want to say that happened maybe in the third or fourth round, it was game over. Because then we got something like the Usek we're used to seeing, where he was moving off to the side, he was using, you know, footwork and angles, he was letting go combinations, and in a, a pretty short space of time, it became a complete mismatch. And after the seventh round, Chaz Witherspoon's corner pulled him out, and rightly so, because he was never going to win the fight. Usek did get touched a couple times in the fight by some counters, you know, a couple right hands here and there. Nothing too bad. And in fact, I think people are massively exaggerating uh, the success that Chaz Witherspoon had in this fight or the difficulty that Usek had here. I really don't think there was anything uh, too alarming, to be honest with you. I didn't watch this fight live, but based upon what people were saying, I was expecting Usek to have gone life and death. <laughs> He got caught with a couple little shots and that was it. The guy's been out the ring for a year, uh, apparently had a bicep injury, you know, didn't feel that comfortable coming into the fight mentally. And, you know, with all that going on, was this performance that bad? No, it wasn't. It was okay. Heavyweight debut did all right. Now, he's going to need to be more active and, and this is where I'm going to maybe put some advisories on it, right? You know, like we, we, when you take your car for an MOT, they put advisories on the car, what work needs doing. And I think Usek should get, get at least one or two more fights in before he challenges for a heavyweight title. He's talking about fighting for the WBO belt, which he's mandatory for in his next fight. I personally don't think that's advisable, yeah? He might be able to go in there and still win, but to give himself the best chance of winning, I would advise him to take a couple more fights to just get back into the swing of things, into the flow of things. Now, there are obviously people who expected Usek to blast Witherspoon out, or they thought that for Usek to be a viable contender at the top level at heavyweight, he needs to be blasting guys like Chaz Witherspoon out. I think those people are very short-sighted because... Alexander Usek wasn't a destructive puncher even at cruiserweight. So why is he going to be doing that at heavyweight? I mean, if you look at Usek's record, just quickly here, in his early career, when he was fighting less than stellar opposition at cruiserweight, I mean, he was going rounds. Look at this here. Daniel Brewer took him seven rounds. Danny Venter took him nine rounds. This guy, 11 and one. Andre Kanizek, I can't pronounce that surname, but he took him eight rounds. Okay, Pedro Julio Rodriguez took him set. So Usek, even against less than stellar opposition, before he stepped up and started fighting the elite at cruiserweight, he was going rounds. So this is not a guy whose game is to go out there and blast you out. This is a guy whose game is footwork, movement, angles, and also adaptability. Usek has shown at cruiserweight the ability to switch up his style and switch up his tactics for particular opponents. And I'll give you some examples here. Against Tony Bellew, 
and against Maris Bredis, he fought quite an aggressive fight, both times, where he was on the front foot, stalking, kind of like he was against Chaz Witherspoon in rounds, you know, four, five, six, seven. He was quite aggressive. He was, you know, pinning him in the corners and on the ropes, letting go combinations. That's how he fought against Bellew and against uh, Bredis. But if you saw when Usek fought, uh, where are we at now? When Usek fought Glavatsky, if you saw that fight, then you would have seen that Usek was actually moving around the ring from round one to round 12. He understood that Glavatsky was a guy who was good in the pocket, a puncher in the pocket, dangerous in the pocket, but a guy who had relatively slow feet. And so he thought, you know what? Let me not give him, give him an opportunity in the pocket. I can dance circles around this guy. And that was, of course, when Usyk won. His first world title was against uh, Christoph Glavatsky. So, yeah, he can change up his style, you know, his tactics, depending on the opponent. Against Tabiso Machunu, who's a short South African uh, cruiserweight, very fast hands, very athletic. Usek elected to fight a lot of that fight on the inside, which surprised me and really impressed me because Machunu is very good on the inside, very fast. Why give the shorter guy the advantage? Well, because Usek knew that even though the shorter guy has got quick hands and stuff like that is good on the inside, he was even better on the inside. And so he switched it up again in that fight. So Usek is versatile and he's going to tailor his tactics to particular opponents. That is what you should expect him to do at heavyweight as well. If you think that Usek is going to fight everybody the way he fought Chaz Witherspoon or fight everybody the way he fought Tony Bellew, then you don't know as much about boxing as you should know. A guy as experienced as Alexander Usek, not only in the amateurs, but also in the World Series of Boxing at the elite level at Cruiserweight, he's not going to fight everybody the same way. He's going to look at them, look at their strengths and weaknesses and try and figure out the best way to beat them. And it's not always going to be in the same way. All right. So this performance here against Chaz Witherspoon, I thought he was fine. Yes, he was rusty, got touched a couple of times, you know, nothing too alarming there, to be honest with you. And I'm very surprised at how overboard people are going with the Usyk criticism and writing off his chances. Very surprised by that. But again, I'll address it all in more depth in a separate video, which is linked in the description box below. But yeah, as I say, the, the advice I would give is Usek should take at least a couple more fights before challenging for the WBR heavyweight title, which is mandatory for. And he's also talked about, and, and, and the main reason I say he should take those fights is just to get himself back into a rhythm of fighting on a regular, you know, just to shake all the ring rust off. They don't even need to be against the best quality opposition in the world, just opposition that's going to give him rounds and get him into the groove of things again. Uh, but he also, in one or two post-fight interviews, talked about being heavier or putting more weight on for future heavyweight bouts. I think that would be a massive mistake on Usek's part to do that. Massive mistake. I think that because he felt negative coming into this fight, that he is magnifying any mistakes he made here against Chaz Witherspoon in his own mind. I think he's, he himself in his own mind is blowing him out of proportion. 
thinking now oh, now he needs to bulk up and you know get real strong and hit much harder i don't think he needs any of that i just think he needs more ring time shake the rust off you know get those legs bouncing around the ring again and he'll be absolutely fine um putting on weight putting on extra muscle i think is going to be to his detriment i don't see it benefiting him in any way usek is not a natural huge puncher you know you know he's not he's not you're not going to turn this guy into a Joshua or Wilder level puncher by putting you know 10 or 20 pounds of muscle on him it's not going to happen all you're going to do is you're going to slow him down you're going to take a lot of his stamina away and the things which will make him effective against the bigger guys will become less effective so I am concerned about him saying that he wants to put more weight on he came in at 215 for this fight which is probably not much heavier than he weighs for his cruiserweight fights and again, I think that's perfectly fine, 215. That's probably his walking around weight. Perfect weight as far as I'm concerned, yeah? Um, hopefully, he will change his mind on, you know, putting extra uh, muscle on or weight on for future fights. But that's my take on his performance. I thought it was a perfectly adequate performance against this late replacement opponent, last minute opponent in truth, uh, Chaz Witherspoon. He just needs a few more fights, you know, two or three more fights, then I think he'll be ready to challenge for the heavyweight crown. So let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. And again, if you want to hear me talk about how I think you do against the big boys and address all the skeptics, that's in a separate video linked in the description box below. All right, it's happening. I'm out. Join me on Patreon. I upload a minimum of two podcasts every single week, covering a wide variety of controversial topics, as well as live stream Q&A sessions. Take a look on screen right now at some of the podcasts I've produced so far. For just $3 a month, the equivalent of about £2 a month, you get access to all my new podcasts and my entire back catalogue of past podcasts, including my popular Confessions of a Nightclub Bouncer series. You can listen on your computer or on your smartphone or tablet by downloading the Patreon app from the Google Play Store or the App Store for free. The Patreon app also allows you to download each podcast in MP3. For less than the price of a cup of coffee, you get access to dozens of hours of exclusive content. It's easy to sign up, there's no contract, and you can cancel at any time. So come and join our community of free and critical thinkers by signing up with me here on Patreon today.